Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hi. You know that movie you always wanted to see, but you didn't for whatever reason? Well, I call those black hole films. Everyone has them, and this podcast aims to do something about that. I'm Jeremy Lalonde, and every episode I'll be joined by one or more guests to watch a film that at least someone in that group hasn't seen. We'll talk about our expectations of it before it, and then our thoughts after it. This is episode 8, and I'm joined by Andy McQueen, who's been seen in stuff like Private Eyes, The Girlfriend Experience, and Saving Hope. And returning are Kevin Crixt and Glenda McInnes, who are both in the Casablanca episode, which was our first episode. Um, and also we're joined by a friend who is a non-film and television person, uh, Paul Grassi. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. All right, so we're sitting down to watch Rebel Without a Cause. Uh, I'll let everyone go around the room and introduce themselves. And you can also say whether you've seen the movie or not. Okay. So we'll start with... Uh, my name is Paul Grassi, and I have never seen this movie before. My name is Glenda McGinnis. I'm back for round two. And <laughs> no, I've never seen this film. My name is Andy McQueen, and I have seen this film uh, many, many, many moons ago. Yeah. And my, uh, I'm Jeremy. I haven't seen it. Uh, and I'm Kevin Crixt, and I've seen it a few times. I think this might be my fourth time seeing and it. And he's prepared a very hard quiz for us. No, there wasn't. Like, I, I'm nervous. No, I spent some time today going, reading some articles, just making sure that I had some facts and quotes and whatnot. It kind of felt like I was back in school writing an essay. I appreciate the nerdiness of that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's actually highly enjoyable. I do that when, when it's a movie that I have seen. Um, but, but when it's something I haven't seen, I avoid anything. No, if, if I hadn't seen it, I definitely would not have looked it up. But I wanted to pull some ideas or things to talk about as well, having yeah. already seen it, coming at it from that perspective. Exactly. So for the people who haven't, which is everyone except for Andy and Kevin, what do you know about the movie? James Dean. That's it? <laughs> I know, like, I loosely know the plot. Like, he's... No, I, I don't know the plot, so don't Oh, you don't? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so well, never can I ask, can I ask, what do, you, what do you think it's about? I'll start with you. Uh, I did not look... I can't... Don't, I, the, no, it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's going to be about, like, a guy who wears a leather jacket, who has, who has a car. And goes to the Griffith Observatory at some point. Does he? I don't know about that. That's the, one, of the, one of the main things I know is that there's uh, a scene of the Griffith Observatory. Is it because of La La Land? No, I knew that already. Okay, I actually but, didn't know it was set in California. I thought it'd be like a small town, like Footloose City oh. kind of thing. Uh, but I feel like he has a really cool car, and I feel like he's gonna like have some troubles when we first start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's going to grow into a person who realizes it would be like self reflection, I guess. <laughs> no. I mean, to be fair, that's a really. I think. I think it's probably. I think he's gonna rebel against something. I Ooh. What's but, his but cause? Not, yeah, what's his cause? He doesn't have one. That's the problem. <laughs> this is so quickly he, turning into a group so of very dumb people. So he's a passive antagonist? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know much about it at all. Can I ask what year it was made? 50, it came out in 55. came out in 55. Yeah, it actually came out, fun fact, the release date of Rebel Without a Cause was October 26, 1955. Mm-hmm. And James Dean died September 30th, 1955. Oh. Now, he died right after the movie was made, right? Uh, he died three weeks before it came out. What's that word called? Yeah. Post he Because he was making something else, right? He died in a car accident. He actually tragically drove off a highway. Yeah, is, I remember that. Is that why I think there was a car in this movie? Yes. Maybe. I think a lot of people <laughs> assume... Well, most people associate his death with this movie... 
because the, the, of the they, release. Yeah, the release. And, and I think that um, this movie kind of catapulted him. To, Wouldn't that be like similar to... Well, it's not like... Heath Ledger? Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Heath Ledger. Cause then but he was already... That's what's good. Yeah, because yeah. he had already done Brokeback and and all of those things that made and him ten things yeah. I hate about you, which yeah. is one of my favorite movies I love of that all movie. time. Nice also, <laughs> nice <tale. laughs> hey, Paul Bettany and I don't like try, nice don't try to up it. And Night Tale has an amazing soundtrack. It's amazing soundtrack. <laughs> uh, and uh, James Dean only made three films. Yeah, he's one of those guys. It's the same as oh god, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but. Um, the guy that was one of the, one of Michael's brothers in Godfather, Fredo. Yeah, Fredo, who's in Dog Day Afternoon, yeah. and he was in um, Meryl Streep's man. Yeah, Meryl Streep's what's his name? Paul. Uh, I don't want to butcher it, so I'm gonna, I got it wrong. But he was only in five movies, mm. and they're all cla- he's in Deer Hunter, wow. Godfather One, Godfather Two. Dog Day Afternoon, and there's one more, and it's like every single movie he was in became a classic. Isn't Deer Hunter where him, him and Meryl met? Yes. Yeah, How yeah. many movies did River Phoenix do? Not that many either. But they weren't all cl- like classic, yeah. right. solid movies. And he doesn't have the same level of, of... He doesn't mean the same thing. He's not as much of a legendary name, I guess. He's no, I, don't th- I think at the time, but I think it hasn't held over the way that some others have. Mm-hmm. John Cazale. John Cazale, yeah. In such a t- like, who knows what the career that, that guy would have had. Yeah. Right. You know? Hmm. Okay. All right, so, so uh, we'll, we'll come back to this. Yeah, do you have anything else you want to nope. put in the preamble? Nope. All right, so uh, let's turn it off and check out a movie. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, so we just finished. Uh, we tried to avoid talk. We talked about a lot. We talked a lot during the movie. <laughs> we did. Yeah. Um, there was a running commentary. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe for if they ever do a re-release, it could be DVD features. <laughs> or shitty commentary. <laughs> um, first of all, I'll start. This was nothing like what I expected it to be. I mean, I didn't know anything about the story. I had no idea it took place all in one night. Um, so I was surprised by everything. Everything was a surprise to me. You know, um... You knew it involved the observatory, but that's pretty much it. That's literally all I knew was that the observatory was a key location in the film. Did you expect it to be that involved? No. No, not even that. Like, I thought maybe it was just that scene that's at the beginning where they play Stabby Stab. Yes. <laughs> that's just so strange. <laughs> that fun game we played in high school, Stabby Stab. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, other people who first time? First time, yeah. I also, no- nothing... Like I expected it to be. Um, yeah, I'm still trying to to figure out how I feel about it because I, I I felt really annoyed the whole time. To be honest, I just thought that it was. I, I don't want. I don't. I don't even know the the word to explain it. Like I think it was just. I think because it happened in one day. Obviously, everything is like super heightened. Yeah, and we. Everyone in in this film obviously has major daddy issues. Everyone has it's, daddy issues. Yeah, it's crazy. Except for maybe Buzz. Yeah, we didn't get a sense of his and, daddy. Yeah, we yeah, don't know, know his daddy. It's not just if you think about it. It's not just daddy issues. They were rude to police and to like the authority. museum authority. It had to do with authority in general. Right. Um, like when the when the when the guys from the museum came out, and they took his hat and made Nazi jokes, which was keep in mind this is nineteen fifty five. Like, yeah, it's yeah. post war. And it, that's, like, the most insulting thing mm-hmm. you could do. Um, yeah, I found... I think it's just... 
it seemed to me like a lot of uh, privileged kids being shitty, shitty, yeah. being shitty and sure. doing doing really ridiculous over the top things like stabby stabby and and chicken and the guy dies and then they're all like cool cool with it like a couple hours later and then they go on about yeah, their chicken own. Yeah, I've heard of. I'd never heard of that stabby stabby game. Yeah. But he was so casual when he was describing it. He's like, you know how we do this, right? We just, you know, it's a little poke. <laughs> Nothing, no serious stabbing. It's just yeah. they were bloody as shit. Yeah. Um. <laughs> first impressions on your first watch. Um, I thought he was going to be like a, like a badass character in it. Like mm-hmm. I wanted him to be like the super cool troubled guy Brooding. who causes trouble, not the like super shy dark horse character mm-hmm. who gets picked on. Mm-hmm. I didn't think James Dean was a like, get picked on kind of guy. Agree. I think I thought of, I thought that too because it's like we've been taught that he's like the leather jacket wearing yeah. smoking, you know, very didn't give a shit. Didn't give a shit kind of character, but it's like. But he yeah. did too. And then you see him in those moments with his dad, and clearly he just wanted a role model. Mm-hmm. So clearly he wanted someone yeah. to like guide him. And he literally says that several times. Yeah. <laughs> it seems to be prevalent in his movies too. I mean, in East of Eden, he's also has like uh, daddy issues as well. Hmm. So he's never really been the only semi script daddy. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a portrayal of teenage angst to sure. an extreme, right? And probably the first time you saw. That kind of bad boy, even if it's not quite the bad boy you expected. Well, I don't really, think he was a bad boy at all, though. But he, well, he wasn't in terms of breaking against that idealism of that time. But they kept on moving. Like they mentioned early on that they've moved a couple times because of him. Mm-hmm. But it was, it. But it was really because of the mother, I think. Right? Yeah, that's. But yeah, then also, that wasn't clear. Yeah, what that all was all about. I mean, you got more of a sense as you went along. He did have that with his father that confessed, like, why do I, why does this always happen to me? Why, why do I keep drawing trouble? It's that moment where he's like, I just wish he would hit her once. I know. (laughs) His mom's. (laughs) The, like, the really, like, offside comments or the offside, I mean, as the only woman in the room, I was the only one who seemed to be disturbed about the Judy kissing her dad thing. And you guys were like, no, it's because of this. And in my head, I'm like, no, that's an electric complex like that's well she that's plants literally one on, yeah she plants one right in his lips yes and like sure we can say like oh you know it's because she wants his approval and yes i'm sure that's what it is but also to me i'm like that's that's freud that's like saying like that's when 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 uh women become like of like a sexualized age they can become jealous of their of their mothers and it's called an electric complex and they need and they crave the attention of their father in a sexual way. That's what I thought when I saw that scene because she kisses him twice and he keeps telling her to stop and she says she wants it. Very bizarre to me. Yeah. I mean, that's very been weird. what they were going after as well. Yeah. So when she's when she's at the police station, the opening kind of scene, mm-hmm. and she freaks out when her mother is called instead of her father. Yes. What was that freak out about? I, I see. Well, she I think wanted that, her dad there. Yeah, and I, I think th- that plays into the electro complex. I think it's like she's just craving her father. Because I think you're led to believe that she's talking about a boyfriend. She's saying he doesn't, you know, he. Yeah. And then at the end of it, she says, my father. And you're like, oh, oh. we thought this was about a bo- I thought it was about but a boyfriend. But then you think that she's there complaining about her father, but in fact, she wanted She her wants father, him there. She wanted her father to come pick her up. Yeah. But also, wasn't there like the illusion that she was out turning tricks? Well, yes. yes. What was that? 
So, and that's another thing. It's like the, the police officer said, like, is that, that's how you're going to get his attention? Is that what you're going to do? Which also had a really weird undertone. Like, was he suggesting that, like, he, he would help her get that attention? I thought it was weird. Oh. Was he was a just a really nice police officer, yeah. Linda. <laughs> sorry, sorry. He took an interest in all those three kids. He was not there. They magically became friends the next day. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was, he said, whenever you need me, Jim, like, I'll be here. The one time he needed him, he wasn't there. That's true. <laughs> But do you think the movie holds up today or do you think it doesn't? I uh, don't think so. No. Oh. I think the characters, like, get, like getting over the physical look of the movie, yeah. the actors are way too old to be playing those characters. <laughs> sure. I had if I had, would have I had no idea until twenty five minutes in that they're supposed to be high school students. Agree. I guess so, but like, you know, he was twenty three when he shot this. Twenty three year olds played high schoolers all the yeah. time today. Yeah. Yeah, but twenty three year olds today look a lot younger than twenty three year olds did, I think, in the nineteen. Also because there's a very differentiation between the fashions that an adult wears versus what yeah, a teenager like he's wearing wears a at police station. Yes. Yeah. So you don't you don't know where he's coming from. I think maybe performance-wise from James Dean, it holds up. Story-wise, I don't think it does. Uh, Story-wise, like, obviously, the the con- conceit that it's one day is so far-fetched now. But, like, looking uh, back looking back at these things... Of, sorry. No, go ahead. I was saying, looking back at, like, when I first watched it, I watched it purely for the performance from James Dean, because I was just, like, reading things, and, and they had said that, like, the work that James Dean does as a drunk in this movie is incredible. And you see it in the first scene where he's, like, leaning against the wall and he starts to fall back. The work that he does, I think, is incredible. Yeah. Compared to the other people in the movie. This is my first James Dean film. Uh, yeah, mine Well, too. he didn't make a whole lot. Right, um, yeah. Because death. Because, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, he was phenomenal. Like, I think Kevin kept on saying that the choices he's making in this movie... The physical choices. Yeah, just backwards. the little moments. The little moments he's making that you know are not scripted. But yeah, so I agree with that. I think that it's like the the characters mm-hmm. are great, and I think James Dean's performance is great. The overall story is so well, exaggerated. Well, it's melodramatic. It's, it's a melodrama. It, yeah. yeah, I don't mind the all in the all in one night thing. The only mm-hmm. thing that bothered me with that was Judy. Um, yeah, that when she fell in love with him and having lost her boyfriend hours earlier. Yeah, that was just but it's just also poor female writing and yeah. characters. It's also because she wasn't. Like I was saying earlier, it's just like the clear delineation between the acting choices and the acting of that time. There was a time where like Brando and James Dean were, were sort of revolutionizing the way that actors were making choices. And then you see her at the beginning and, and it's sort of phoned in. So like a lot of the time when she's playing certain things, you actually don't actually connect with it because it doesn't, she's not, she's not, she's not selling it. No, in she my, comes out as a sociopath. Yes. Yeah. I think or she is the entire time. I don't think the, there's any, there's no redeeming qualities of her. You think she's crazy the whole time, but I also... Well, she is crazy. She is crazy. Uh, probably most crazy of everyone there, and they're all kind of Really? Crazy. Even more than, like, the gun guy? Like, she's getting yeah, off so. when he they pull the knife and start yeah. stabbing the yeah. tire. You know, she's oh, getting true. off on that kind of I stuff. I think, he, and, and, and um, um, Plato was more of, like, just completely infatuated. He believed he was in love. But just to go back to her for a quick second, I also think that maybe... Yeah, we haven't talked about Plato yet. Yeah, it shouldn't be... Like, I don't think it's necessarily, you know, a call on her performance. I think it's a call on the writing of females that we're only now getting to a point where they write females as, like, sane human beings. Whereas, like, that's, Not like... accessories of men. Yeah, yeah, it's like she's she's a tool to, like, you know, move the story forward. And it's like, 
she's a woman and she's crazy and she has daddy issues and she's all these things and I don't think they give her anything redeeming no, so that she can yeah, come back. She's underwritten and therefore she's underperformed. Yeah. It's like she's not Natalie Wood isn't given Like give that give that exact script to any actress today and be like go with this mm-hmm. and you'd be, you'd be curious to see what would happen with that, right? They wouldn't do it. Exactly. Like, this yeah. doesn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah. Going back to James Dean's performance, I was reading today that it, many call it the most influential single performance of modern cinema. Interesting. Do you agree with that? And what, are the, what, what do they give specific? Yeah, like they quote people who've like claimed that their entire acting yeah. style has been inspired by that. Robert Redford, Paul Newman, Steve McQueen, Al Pacino, Jack Nicholson, Warren Beatty, Richard Gere. Um, there aren't actually to be. I mean, uh, you can see it too. I, in all those guys. You can <laughs> see it even in Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Like the way that he mumbles words and the way that he he puts like the way that he makes choices physically too. Like in Nice Guys with with Ryan Gosling and, so and, his, and his physical choices, but is it because they're both so painstakingly beautiful? I I think it's because people like <laughs> that is a factor. <laughs> but, but but people like Pacino and De Niro when these movies came out, they they have like interviews with them. They used to go to the theater like and watch this movie on repeat mm. on the waterfront, Streetcar Named Desire, Run mm. Without a Cause, because it was such a turning point in cinema and the way that. Acting was was in cinema done. or in performance. In in, in well, cinema, like sure. in cinema, yeah, both, the, both the same thing. Yeah, I feel, I feel well because I like I just think that his performance is more advanced than the than the cinema of like or the making. Oh, of in the film itself. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's you know I've talked about this before. Is like the one disconnect that I have with um, movies that are you know more classic from the 30s, 40s, 50s the the, style. is the acting style. Mm-hmm. It, it always throws me because I find it hard to, it's just not something that I'm used to, my generation, but then watching James Dean in this, I'm like, oh, this is, it feels very modern, but the rest of the actors to me don't. So that's why, it, but yeah, so that's why I think maybe that his performance is, mm-hmm. I can understand why they would say it's one of the But even like, you have the guy that plays Plato is, gets nominated for an Oscar for this. Um, and his performance feels fairly one note. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, like he's not—he's not doing a lot. Please of, use some examples. What was he up against that year? Can you look that up real quick? I'm curious who he was. Mm. Who movies he was up against? Because that might—I don't know how to. I mean, it was still go it, backwards. Well, 19, oh, they might not have 1956. That. 1956. Yeah, what have been the, Yeah. Pardon? Yeah, no, 1956. So Oscars, the guys so. and dolls came out in '55. I don't know if that was up for anything. Uh, it doesn't matter. But uh, it's interesting. Uh, and then we, we were, we were, someone was Googling after cause James Dayton famously died in a car accident after this. And then what, 20 years later, Plato was dead. Plato was stabbed to death after in San Francisco, after he was rehearsing a play in which he played a bisexual man. And so I don't know, I didn't read enough into it, whether or not it was a hate crime, but he was stabbed on his mm-hmm. way home from rehearsal and he was 37 years old. So it's just, it's weird that they, like, and we were saying this earlier, they, toy with that idea of like the knife game and this guy ends up being stabbed to death and yeah. then they play the chicken game and James Dean dies in a car accident this is very ooh really yeah. kind of creepy uh, yeah there's so much about this I wish I was writing down like the what was the thing that her brother called her Oh, oh, um... Glamourpuss. Glamourpuss. Man, Judy had a real rough go, guys. They really <laughs> did. Did her mom have a single line in the movie? Oh, I don't think so. Does she have a last name? I feel like they didn't give last names to female characters in movies. Really? It's an easy no. way to find that. I, I think... Stark. They were, 
No, Stark was, was, uh, Jim, was James, James yeah. mom. Yeah. Can we talk about the belt? The yeah, Judy does not have a last name, but Plato does. Yeah. Jim Stark. It's very, yeah, like, when they. it's just like, here's our male characters and lady. <laughs> Literally in, uh, on uh, one of the previous episodes, Tommy, uh, Amber Peer and I watched Sullivan's Travels, and Veronica Lake's character, who is the second biggest character in the movie, is just called The Girl. That's her name in the credits. I mean, this wow. is ten, this is like twelve years before this, right? Uh, but then also, I you know, after having seen that movie several times, I was like, yeah, I don't think I've ever. She never referred to anything. They never. He never asks her her name in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so she's just she's the girl. just the girl. That's great. Um, one interesting thing that Paul brought up, which was a very astute observation, <laughs> he at said the as beginning. If you're surprised. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So, very early into the movie, I kind of realized that the OC was based off of this show. There is a handsome blonde new guy who comes to town, and the the other kids in the high school do not take to him very well. They welcome him to the OC. Welcome as, to the OC, bitch. Welcome to the OC, bitch. <laughs> but they don't play knifey-knifey? They don't play knifey-knifey. They get punchy-punchy. They do get lots of punchy-punchy. Okay. Um... Lame. So there's there's lots of parallels between the OC set in California and this movie, which is the boy has just moved to California and he's living in a upper class white society. And Judy and Marissa Judy are Marissa. the same character, and they're the neighbors who live two doors apart. From yeah, each other. and he has a boyfriend. She has a boyfriend when they first meet, but she ends up falling in love with him. Yeah, mid season yeah and that's and marissa is is part of the the it crowd and she dates the bad boy the right. same way that judy i that's actually but and then I, I remembered after that is in the in the first season actually in the first couple episodes of the oc they do have the episode that is called rebel without a cause which is obviously like based on the fact that they go and they they move into this abandoned house and all of this kind of shit you're happens. saying they're actually hanging out in, a, in an empty pool yeah, they, it's 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 obviously you know directly much, yeah. directly bullet. Well, I mean, the episode name is Rebel Without a Cause, but I I wouldn't have picked up on that, and you picked up on it within like the first like twenty minutes. But I'd be curious to like look into that and see like how heavily if like this series was like based, on or if like people have researched yeah. into it and looked at. The, the movie versus the TV show and mm-hmm. why, where the storylines kind of meet well, up. Well, all those archetypes separate. are used. Mm-hmm. Pro- I mean, I can't probably quote specifics other than what you've just mentioned, but probably used countless times throughout film and television mm-hmm. history. I'd be curious to hear what Josh Swartz, like, if like that was, if he was heavily influenced, like, if this oh, was I'm a favorite sure. film of his, mm-hmm. right? Well, there's but, a- isn't also, like, the main character of Ryan being, like, Brooding but quiet but strong, and the the savior, yes. the one who wants to make everything, and takes the and you know takes the underdog Seth, yeah. who's the outcast and the but loser, under his wing, the same way that he takes Plato under his wing. Funny enough, in that TV series, that character is the bad boy, even though he is a kinder guy who wants well, yeah. which is almost mm. your like James Dean in Rebel Without a Cause was the first kind of real bad boy of cinema. It had it was a it was a type that hadn't been introduced until this movie right and mm. but it was a someone with you know a, a heart you know right. what I mean yeah a bad boy with a heart and I guess that kind of was the same when, yeah didn't the wild one come out before, before this before 1953 yeah so that Brando's character was would have been that, that before this so it was around that time then yeah but yeah. It, it's it's still it's coming around that because I guess you know this what this movie did was um 
kind of challenged post-war America and like that 1950s idealism where mm-hmm. everyone had a perfect family and you respected your parents and your teachers and the police and right and and uh, you know this kind of was that face was, of that was that what the 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 overall sort of goal of this movie was well, or was like think, that's a, the message that they were trying to I think to that's tell? why kids uh, actually connected with it because it reflected their real life real not, life not the life that Post-war media America, was to have. you know what you were told to have and what your kind of life you actually had were two very different things right. this movie's kind of apparently um, meant to have been a milestone in terms of uh, like the, the generation that followed like you know 1960s was about it was a revolution, you know? Right. And that kind of, this this kind of... Paved the way. Paved the way for that. Yeah. There was an interesting mm-hmm. part when they were in the pool and James Dean said something about parents. She said something... He said, like, uh, parents don't talk to you, they yell at you. Mm. They, were, they were going to the pool, and I, I thought that was just very telling of, like, how they were all dealing with their parents. Nobody was actually having conversations with them. They were just always telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because it's, you know... James Dean's character is trying so difficult, like trying so hard to have those conversations with his parents, and he they just kind of simply won't have them because his father. Well, he wants. <laughs> who, his, yeah, I don't know what what that that father could. We could really go in that to that that whole dynamic in that character. Well, I think he just wanted his father to be what the idea of what a man should have yeah. been. He wanted the time. father to be the head of the household yeah. and be yeah. commanding, and 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 he felt that. Um, it was the mother that was doing that yeah. because she said it, at some point she was like, "I've been working all day to keep this house together." Mm-hmm. And that's I think that like part of the part of the reason I didn't love it was just the blatant in your face, you misogyny? know, <laughs> the blatant in your face misogyny, and the and just it's so the message that they're trying to tell is so you know he walks up the stairs, the father's like on the floor picking up food that he has made in an apron. And so it's like we we really get that he is the inferior, you know, he's not the man. He's, and that's he's, a bad thing. But and that's that the, apron yeah. is introduced earlier during the, the mother's wearing it. Yeah. So the mother's wearing it originally. Mm. So when we first meet the mother, she's wearing that apron, mm. and then it's swapped. Well, yeah, we first meet her in the in, in the, the police, police station. All oh, right, of course. But yeah. the first time that we like see her being kinder and nice, she's wearing the apron. Interesting. But every time she's not wearing the apron, she's kind of yelling. Yeah, yeah. So most of the apron is like representation mm-hmm. of like who at that moment in the house. Mm-hmm. What is it? Wait a minute. <laughs> this is all one day, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wasn't she sick? Uh, yeah. Yeah. She I don't was. trust her. <laughs> she was in bed sick, and that's why he brought her that food. Right, yes. And then she was very not sick later on. Yes. Maybe you maybe you forego your sickness when you're when you're sick. Running around the Griffith Where he found her telephone number, how they found them at that house that only Plato knew about. Well they're at the observatory. There's a whole lot of things you just have to like close well, it your plays eyes. Plays with gender and, and parent roles, like it just completely. Oh, I'm just talking about like like oh. logic flaws. Oh yeah, so there's plenty of those. Yeah, <laughs> just that kind of. You just have to kind of like close your eyes and. I feel like the like it's like it's so interesting because we. I feel like as filmmakers now we're so trapped in logic, like in mm-hmm. how the, we don't take any like. There's no way to just like allow the story to move forward without being like. But how specifically did how they get this phone number? <laughs> yeah. so it's like we, we have to show it. I'm kind of wondering if they left out some of those key things, like the phone number yeah. and how they found out about the abandoned mansion. Yeah. So that would well, be abandoned mansion. He they mentioned at the beginning though. Yeah, but how? But how did everyone else know? Friends knew oh, they yes. were there. Yeah. So I kind of thought that maybe 
they left out those really key elements that when people left the movie theater and were like having their malt shop ice creams afterwards, <laughs> they'd be like, "But how did they have the phone number? But how did they know where the mansion mm-hmm. was?" So like, about it. it was a it was a conversation you have with your friends about mm-hmm. excitement of a movie you just saw, right? Possibly. Or yeah. just yeah. someone said, "Who gives a shit?" Cut it out of the script. But it could also be possible too, or they just didn't care. Yeah. yeah. Um, another thing I was reading, which kind of leads from that into this, is that uh, people. Uh, there was an article I was reading that said Ripple Thunder causes a milestone for gay rights. Right. Big, and that Plato's actually, even though was intended to be was intended to be gay. Quite, and I think it's it's quite latent. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's, it's latent to us now in 2017, but in 1955, probably not to uh, an average straight moviegoer. I would say that it would be, but the conversation wouldn't be happening. Yeah. I don't think mm-hmm. they would They would go out and say, like, he was obviously gay. I think that everyone would sit there and know, specifically when he goes back to his bedroom that is pink um, and white and satin and doilies. Yeah, I was just saying about that. We don't know for sure that that's his bedroom because on right. the bedside table, there's, like, a, uh, a check from his dad for, like, his paternity, mm-hmm. which clearly would not go to him. Mm. So I don't know if that was his bedroom. Right. The more I think about it. Well, I mean, although his mom has a beautiful gun, <laughs> that <laughs> is a, the prettiest him. gun. Also, <laughs> we introduce, we meet Plato because he's been shooting puppies. Right. And that's why he's in jail. What does that even signify? Like, what's the meaning of the puppies? He's clearly upset and not happy. <laughs> well, like the first sign of a psychopath like is when they harm animals as a, as a child. Yeah. So, like but they're equating yeah. psychopath with homosexuality. I mean, yeah. maybe. Is I, that the, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying it's yeah. like those are the deline- that, well, that That's literally the first time we meet him. True. That's how we're introducing this character. Hold on. We know that before we know anything else. Wait, was he in therapy? Because he was gay, or was he in therapy because he had these problems, or were his problems that he was gay? Is that why his mother was forcing him to go to the? What was he? What, what did he keep referring Brain to? Brain shrinker. Brain shrinker. Yeah. Mm. Well, they probably maybe that was scared intended, right? or mm-hmm. that's but like they weren't allowed to actually mm-hmm. say that it was a, this time in America it was actually probably still illegal to be gay mm-hmm. in many in many which states. is why I'm surprised they wouldn't kind of come out and yeah. say that that's maybe um, that's why they killed him in the end. Very strict censorship laws on cinema at this time. Mm-hmm. And you weren't, because it was illegal, you weren't allowed to have gay characters in film. Right. Well, you even so, have the parents in separate beds. Yeah, like that you notice that the parents had two. Yeah. Is that an actual thing? They weren't allowed to show parents in, yes. in the same bed? I just thought that that just code? showed that their, their relationship was. No, that was yeah. very strict. reason why there's like no swearing in movies. Mm-hmm. And very little kissing. Uh, there was there were very strict. Uh, uh, yeah, your boyfriend had to be dead for three hours before you could kiss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they weren't allowed, and and the producers on this show were actually sent a letter from the censorship board. But when they were before they made it, just making sure that there wouldn't that this is not um, a gay character. Like they right. had to say that it wasn't. Interesting. Like That's like so. I mean, okay. So back to that. So this is a milestone for for the gay community for like I guess representation of a character I guess a milestone in in the capacity in that they are showing a gay character because in every other capacity it's terrible like he's crazy he kills puppies he dies yeah you know he's a psychopath yeah it's not it's not uh, it's not a healthy characterization no it's not progressive (laughs) no it's actually derogatory yeah like it's like it's like I feel like they're taking advantage of it more than they are using it for any sort of good. 
Apparently, I'm going to read something from this. It said, it said, Dean knew what was going on prior to the filming of the intense encounter with Sal Mineo in the abandoned Getty mansion. He told him, look at me the way I look at Natalie. Such homoerotic bonding couldn't be spoken about in the repressive 50s, even though Mineo actually was gay and Dean was reputed to be bisexual. Hmm. And then, well, there's another part, but I'll find that after. I mean, I don't know. It's... Not a milestone, for sure. Well, in, in the fact that it was like representing someone in a mainstream movie, right. I think that's where the milestone comes in. Not the actual portrayal. Yeah. Of well, the same way that they're so. representing a, you know, an African-American woman as the, the housekeeper. Well, that's just cliche, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I people call that it a gay-positive cinema landmark. Interesting. I but understand he's, he's why. The liar. Uh, yeah. He's, like, I get, I get why in the terms of, like, Finally, there's a gay person on screen. Maybe in I the guess? fact that he he, he was accepted, yeah, James accepted Dean was accepting of his. True. I think that's probably True. what it was. Their mm-hmm. relationship that he was still, you know, straight by all accounts. Right. Because obviously um, Plato had no friends. Yes, and he was so welcoming of him and knew yeah. quite clearly what mm-hmm. what was going on. You know yeah. that scene where they arrive at his house. He's like, do you want to come back to my house and sleep over? And I'll make you yeah, breakfast in the morning. And, you know, he's like, no, but I'll see you tomorrow. Who says no to breakfast in the morning? <laughs> so to unpack this a little bit more about what you said before about how shooting the puppy, psychopath, gay, your comment a few minutes ago. Yeah. I just like the point that's not my personal. <laughs> yeah. uh, before, continue, though. <laughs> the thing about him being cold all the time also had, mm. probably had some sort of symbology in there. Yeah. Well, literally, when at the end, after he's dead... James Dean starts crying. He's like, he was cold. He was always cold. Yeah. So that could have been when you are cold, you are sick or unhealthy. So yeah. that could have been another layer onto um, the attitude of people in cinematography. Yeah. Or the like, attitude of the country. Like, how do we represent gay people? It's like, these are all the things that are, they're, they're not, they don't function like normal people do. They're always mm. cold. <laughs> like, it's, it's so a, strange. Wasn't your gay character kind of in... Uh, Singing in the Rain? I haven't seen Singing in the Rain. Uh, you've seen it, right? Yeah, I've seen it. The, the, like... Oh, the best friend? The best friend. Isn't he kind of, like, hinted at of being gay? Is he cold? And he's not... No, <laughs> he's, uh, puppies. He's hinted not at, like, gay. like, like, not having luck with the ladies. Oh. Where everyone's like, why aren't you having luck with the ladies? Right. Because I like the dick. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, was but, that before or after this? After I think After. I I have I, seen that movie, but I am so blinded by the Kurt Browning skating edition that was <laughs> broadcast that on ruined television. It for you? No, no, that's just it overcame everything because I'm like this is amazing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hilarious! Uh, it's really great if you guys haven't seen it. They recreated the entire set of Singing in the Rain and made it all in ice. This oh yeah I remember that yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the cinematography in this film was interesting. <laughs> you well, mean the two shots. <laughs> The stair shot? That stair shot, that upset, which was like somewhat unmotivated. There's no real need. No, I I feel like that might have been an accident. The one that went all the way upside down? No, the the one one where the camera was tilted? Well, no, I think those those are very much on purpose. Like, you've got that one where if you think about it, like, it's starting upside down and coming right side up. You could say that has to do with, like, power dynamics and families of, like, they're ups- they're upside down of what they normally are, mm-hmm. and he's trying to correct them mm-hmm. by like doing that move. Sure, but you've also got 
it felt very specific when when they started arguing around the stairs that the camera went canted at that point. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable and that something's not quite right. Right. Mm-hmm. Again, it's like, but it's like mm-hmm. very misogynistic in the sense that it's like the fact that the dad and the mother have switched gender roles is not right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, but it's also like I don't know if it's. I think it's trying to explore is like is he wrong in how he feels about that? Does he need to get with the times? You know. Right. Uh, it's it's not making a clear delineation on the movie's not making a statement. It's presenting ideas, which is what I liked about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't ever feel like the movie's trying to judge these characters. Um, he is, but that's not the. It's different than the movie itself for me. I think I I agree with you. I mean, but I think on on the flip side, it's I think it's sort of why I didn't like it because it didn't. It presented all of these ideas, and then it just kind of. End it. Like there was, there was no solution. There was no resolution. There was no sort of to any of these things. Like you, you know, his relationship with his parents. You know, the gay character Judy. Like all of these things, they never really were resolved. I have a question. So, if it, to that end, if you were to do it today, what would you change? I was just thinking that. Oh God! <laughs> like how, how much like, time do we have? Well, I like, still have the gay character to kill puppies. Yeah, but like, what, 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 what is the right lens <laughs> into this? How, into what, how do you how do you actually tell this story now? Right. I do like the idea of the cycle of violence that happens, though. Like it starts off so small with the fighting between the boys, then one dies, and then Sal or not Sal, what's his name in the movie? Plato. 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 That's his nickname. Yeah. Plato ends up dying too. I mean, like, it's Ted's story of bullying also. Yeah, from, 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 from one moment that has TV series throughout a whole day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, people do die. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I don't even know if you could remake this because adding in technology, cell phones... It's a different story. It's you would have story. Again, yeah. No, it's, well, that's just it. It's like, what are the themes of this and how would you... Tra- I think that's what Kevin's getting at. Like, how do you mm-hmm. translate that? Because, like, what is the story about? This is, there's the Griffith Observatory right there. We're looking at huh. the screensaver. I mean, you couldn't really tell this story now because you can't say like it being, is very much being a strong era. woman is incorrect, and you know having being a stay-at-home dad is incorrect. Yeah, being a gay man, like how do you? What are those problems? Okay, so what is the gay character today? Uh, trans or, trans, or yeah. gender fluid? Yeah. It'd be someone like that. It'd be someone who's gender fluid. Yeah. Where people are still not quite understanding. Maybe what the that parents is. are same-sex parents. Or something, yeah. But that's how you'd have to do. Like, what is the modern version? It would, of this it would have today? to be a really, really full, like, mm-hmm. and, and loose adaptation, right? I think like teenage gun violence is really not something that people would want to explore on TV or but in movies also anymore. Very, but also very prevalent though, and really current. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe um, you know. Well, it depends on. Uh, geography, but then you can just take people of color, you know, well, what I mean? yeah, but you know having your lead be, be a person of color, kind of this get out meets rebel without a cause. Because, because the way it's portrayed mm. right now is quite misogynist in some of its storytelling, mm-hmm. an interesting way to approach it would be to flip it, mm-hmm. where maybe your main character is not male, but actually female. A female person of color, I would say. You know, and kind of because then you're flipping some of these mm-hmm. notions on their head. Mm-hmm. Taking, a, I think that would be the way to do it. You'd have to. It'd have to be about gender, and gender identity. Yeah. And w- through all the characters, mm-hmm. is one way to do it. Oh, and that'd be sa- set against the backdrop of you know Trump's America. Yeah. Right. 
I mean, and like yeah, which makes it more like in today's world, it could it could play. Yeah, there are. You th- would have to adapt to technology, yes. But yeah, but not necessarily that much. I mean, what do you need it for? Like them tracking them down, this and that. But yeah, but it's like so much because it all takes place in one night, and I think that still works. Like, do you don't really have car races? Like, people don't do that anymore. No. So you have to figure out another version of whatever that another is. Another version of chicken. To have uh, Buddy get killed. But that's probably drug-related. I was just going to say, with. it would have to be drugs. And in fact... Something as dangerous as that, that, that could you could die from. Some of these um, incredible... <laughs> playing chicken with a needle. Like, yeah. Who's the person who's going to stop pushing it into their veins? Some of these incredible plot holes actually could be solved by technology mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how they would suddenly find someone or get in touch with somebody or oh, you could just find her on Facebook and well, once they yeah. broke the glass of the Griffith Observatory the alarm would go off and then people would know that there were people there <laughs> yeah. Yeah. which is fine too because the police kind of showed up randomly anyway yeah. <laughs> oh we found them yeah. how the fuck how did you find in them in all of Los Angeles observatory yeah. <laughs> there are only two places people go into Los, into, in Los Angeles like, one mansion on the hill and, <laughs> and, and it's obviously and no one lives that yeah but it's like and if anyone has ever even heard of LA or been to LA there's no way <laughs> that you could ever find your way around it and be like you know what I think I know where they are hop in we'll be there in two hours <laughs> like so bizarre traffic <laughs> uh, so let's so in, in you know who would you cast then uh, mm, I, I like the idea though. that she's a female then so then you go with like um, well I like a female person of color okay so now I'm just thinking though is like if you take the issues that they tackle in this and you try to modernize it, you would be throwing a lot at the wall. It would be yeah. you need uh, you need a discovery cast, I think, I, because the remake yeah. itself is enough to get people to see it. Mm-hmm. I move it out of L.A. Maybe, or maybe keep it in L.A. but not necessarily in the hills, but in like uh, that's very rich people, right? Like into a kind of because there are a lot of poor areas of Los Angeles. Oh yeah, and yeah, so just. Go to a different I, Yeah, I don't really think that location is... Crucial. I, I, no. I mean, because we can't use Griffith, guys. But you well, could use... But you could have, have, like, a scene take place at the observatory just, like, as a throwback. Mm-hmm. You know? Just or a, you pick another novel. iconic... Yeah. Yeah. You do it at the Scientology Center. <laughs> <laughs> It's a field trip to Scientology Center. <laughs> Everyone gets a diagnostic test. Is that what it's yeah. called? Stress test. Yeah. Auditing. Oh my god, you can't put this in the podcast. We'll never work again. <laughs> I think it is also trying to deal with a lot of issues though in the movie as well. Like they're trying to deal with so many things, but at the core not at the core, but one of the things that cycle of violence idea is that it would escalate just as quickly, if not quicker, if this happened today. Yeah. If somebody were to play stabby stab, then someone would get he would have been dead right there. Mm. Well, here's what I don't think what I wouldn't buy today that everyone just stands around and just cool with it. But they do. They no, have their phones they out. World Star Hip Hop. Everyone right. have their phones out. You're right. Yeah. Everybody, everybody would be filming. Yeah. Everybody yeah. would be filming that same that same mm-hmm. thing. They'd be live people, streaming it or something. And, well, it's and, the bully. It's the bully thing, right? And it would be very, tasers. No. <laughs> no. Well, but nobody cares around pocket knives. But the kid getting shot by the cops would also happen. Like that, that. Oh, absolutely. Would yeah, happen. that would happen. You know what I mean? But the pocket knife, like nobody has pocket knives. No, but pocket what knives. is today's version of pocket knives? A really mean tweet. Yes. Oh my God! They just stand there and they insult each other on Twitter, <laughs> back and forth. That would be a, that would be a parody of it. That could be, that could be, okay, that's we're making that then. Yeah, that could be rebel no, without but, a hashtag. But nobody, nobody Jimmy Kimmel's gonna weapons. sponsor it. Mean tweets. 
<laughs> not knives, but like let's say brass knuckles or but like. I'm sure carrying brass knuckles. To be fair, it does to be fair, we're could just be fighting in Canada, so like we don't know that like maybe high school students in the U.S. do carry on knives. True. Not brass. No, because all their high school. No, because all the high schools yeah. have. Uh, oh yeah, they have scanners like airports. And, but to be fair, that didn't happen at the high school. Yeah, that happened outside the observatory. That's the field true. trip day. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. But it's I, tough. Maybe uh, the amount of fight videos or like fight compilations with people actually fighting at schools and stuff like that is yeah. insane. So I mean, the fact that like something like this would happen that would be broadcast all over, everybody would be watching it. That person who got beat up or whatever would feel like an idiot, and it would escalate quicker. Everybody would be get become involved. Yeah. And also, then the whole idea of chicken and shame and humiliation is elevated if you're humiliated online. Well, and, and your whole yeah. reputation, like you feel like the need to prove yourself. It's not just like mm-hmm. you were humiliated, humi- hum- yeah, humiliated in front of ten people. Yeah, it, it's like, especially if it's something that's gone fucking viral. It would be contained. Yeah. It would be contained. The whole school. Yeah, and and you know what I mean, like that whole car, that whole car sequence and the, the racing and jumping off the cliff, mm-hmm. like. The police would know about that right away. Ugh, it was such a simpler time. Well, yeah, how, <laughs> yeah. How would you? How would Buzz die in in this new version? He he would have died in between the race and after the stabby stab. But you would you couldn't really do you the race. Couldn't do the race though. Wait, why couldn't you do before the race? The race well, you could, would, but as if people he, don't really he, do. He would have well, died before the race. No, you'd, it would be a street race. Yeah. He, be a street he race, would yeah. he would have died before the street and race. And it would just so. be an accident, most yeah. likely. But not, but not even a street a street race wouldn't even happen these times because people like it would escalate so quickly that James Dean would then would counter counter like there would be like he would come back right away. No, you can't. You can't change the character because then you're changing what who the character is. Because the the whole point is that he doesn't want to fight because he he kept saying repeatedly he's like I don't want any trouble here. I don't want any trouble. He doesn't want to do it. He's only forced to do it to basically save his own life because he's kind of cornered, right? Well, he also realized the other guy's not going to stop. Yes, and, and so then, he's forced to well, do it. But you have to have your character an redeem in, in themselves, and he's not. I mean, I understand that, you know, you're thinking, like, he's, like that's a really shitty thing. He's going to go blackout crazy and just, like, knock this guy out. Well, as soon as, like, he knocks the, the knife out of the other guy's hand, he's yeah. like, are we done now? Yes. Like, this is stupid. Yeah, he's trying to stop it by any means necessary. He's not trying to, Yeah, he doesn't just know. take the opportunity to, and like, if you set it in a different part of Los Angeles, which, which maybe, while still, has some police brutality trouble or stuff like that, yeah. but, but possibly is also neglected sometimes, mm-hmm. so... When they police, when they should interfere, they don't, mm-hmm. and therefore maybe then that's why Some things escalate, right? Yeah, it'd be hard to buy that nice cop character. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Unless he was like the exception to the rule. Unless you took it out of the well, everything changes it. once you take it out of where it's. You could make him like a counselor, yeah, yeah you could, or a counselor at the high counsel. school, yeah. yeah. Hmm. I don't know. It'd be real tough to modernize it. Well, you'd have to do a completely re reimagining of it to justify. Re-imagining. Yeah, in many ways, you couldn't even call it Rebel without a cause. Mm-hmm. It would just have to be inspired by, it, but it would be a different film altogether. Where did the title come from? I know. I was trying to break that down. Mm-hmm. I because I don't feel like. James He's a Dean rebel. Was a rebel at all in that movie? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe without a cause. Maybe it's not. He's not the rebel. Maybe it's the other people. Maybe it's the kids. As or maybe Jean it's um, Plato. Buzz or Plato. Rebel without a cause, like yours. Yeah, I mean, we assume it's James Dean, but he's not really. The other ones are the ones that are 
the shitheads, really. Or yeah. maybe they just thought that he was going to come off more as a rebel when they presented or maybe the script. He be, or maybe he became more. Maybe he came off more as a rebel back in the time when the movie was released. Right. Well, he was yeah. a rebel because he wasn't joining in with them. Yeah. He wasn't, right. He wasn't also, just, when we meet him, you know, that we see him like drunk, underage, drunk. Right. Obliterated out of his mind, just like hanging out on the street for no reason. <gasps> what happened to the monkey from the Phantom Where of the is Opera? The monkey? Yeah, <laughs> true. But like, he's kind of just like, like being a shithead for mm-hmm. no reason he's, because his parents went to the opera. Like, that's kind of how we're introduced to the character. But he's, yeah. he's so passionate about like things changing for his father and things changing for himself. Like when mm-hmm. he drops the knife and he says that like, is are we done? But he still continues to do the same thing. So he's so passionate about like having these things change, yet he's not really doing anything to change them. Because he says, are we done? But then he goes and does the drag race, which he really doesn't have to do. He doesn't but he have goes to, to his dad and he's like, it's about honor. It's about for honor, him. yeah. It's about, he, he, said, he says to his dad, when he comes back after Buzz is dead, he's like, I would never be able to face those kids mm-hmm. if I didn't go and do it. If that's the justification. And I feel like in that time, the like words like honor had a much heavier meaning than they do... Yeah, you call someone a chicken. Yeah, it, it it was a bigger deal, right? Marty McFly didn't like it either. Mm-mm, hell not. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie either. So you, <gasps> you haven't seen Back to the Future? I haven't seen Back to the Future. Okay, you're gonna be on that episode. <laughs> Great! I finally found someone who hasn't seen Back to the Future. Are I, you the only one? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen Goonies either. What? Great! Mm. You're oh perfect. <laughs> you're perfect. I feel like you just, just set up the next are. episode. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Uh, so with that, I mean, we can probably start wrapping it up. Does anyone have any last thoughts? I guess let's go around saying uh, we already kind of talked about what, what, whether it stands up or not. Uh, would you ever feel the need to revisit it? Um, I feel like I would watch this in like 10 more years with someone who hasn't seen it. Mm. Just as like a, like, like a, maybe like a, maybe a date number six. <laughs> if I wanted to see, make it seem like I'm really artsy and cultured, I'd be yeah. like, like I haven't old. seen Rebel Without a Cause. Wow, we're date number six is set up now. I, oh, nice. I, I think the first time I saw it, which was in film school, I don't think I particularly loved it. And with each repeated viewing, I've loved it more and more. Mm. And like, I've loved today's screening. Like, my fourth time seeing it, and I just love the movie so much. And maybe it's because I love it for what it was back then, not what it is now. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that, like, from a performance perspective, his it stands up today. Yeah, he's fascinating. He's fascinating. Yeah, I I I was shocked by how much it was different from what I expected, even though I didn't really know what to expect. I thought he was fan. I was constantly delighted with him, and then yes. like the choices he was making, what he was doing. Um, and I'm not sure how I feel about the movie. I, I, I liked it. I don't know if I need to revisit it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much stuff that I might like look at little bits here and there. Moments. Yeah. Andy? I, I wouldn't revisit it. I don't think it stands the test of time in terms of like story. But for performance, I do think that James Dean gives an incredible performance. My, that's my stomach you're here. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd, I'd have to see it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I have way too many problems with it. Again, agree with everyone on the on James Dean's performance, but things were just a bit too like ludicrous for me and left un, uh, undone hmm. and just a bit too over the top that I, I just kind of found myself eye-rolling too yeah. much throughout it to, to, to be able to watch it again. Here's a final question. 
Do we think it would have become this classic that it is if he hadn't have died? Interesting. Mm. That's a very... Because I, I try to find out what the box office numbers were and then what that might mean today. He died just a month before, so you know I, that the yeah. studio would have used that as a publicity. Absolutely. In, or I was all three of movies came out. rushed the release because of it. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's an answer to that, though. Well, you never, you can't tell. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's speculative. Um, I don't think so. I'd say yeah. That's I'd the say reason. yeah. Well, it's iconic because it's, He was already a, a he, wasn't, he wasn't a legend, but he was already a big star. For, for having only made two movies. Yeah. No, well, this yeah. was his first movie. This was the first one to be released. So then, then he, so he wasn't an, nobody. giant. Are you sure? Yeah. See, that's even crazier. Because so he was then, nominated so then, for, I don't think he was so. nominated for an Oscar for East of Eden. And no, East of Eden was 1954. So, so when did this come out? Eden was fifty-five. Yeah. Okay. But so there was something very romantic about his death. Obviously, well, the whole tragedy. The, yeah. Well, the promise. He was, you know, another Brando. He yeah. was. Who knows? He what, was the next. Yeah. Who knows yeah. what the career he would have had? And I think part of it gets wrapped up in that. See, which mm-hmm. is interesting because he was nominated for Best Actor for East of Eden in nineteen fifty-six, and then Best Actor for Giant nineteen fifty-seven. So then two years after that movie was released, he was nominated for Best Actor. Interesting, he wasn't nominated for this then, and the other yeah. two were. That is weird, because it, but maybe this performance was so unusual back then, hmm. right? What what people were used because to. Because the Plato one was... Well, that, that's a, why I find it yeah. bizarre that Plato the, would be... The Plato one kind of probably was more in tune with the kind of performances that people were used to. So something that was so inside of the box, which this was, which a lot of actors and, and, and everyone else responded to, many probably it was, it was unusual. I wouldn't say they're used to Plato's performance. I think that they were probably, because like, wasn't this the first, isn't that the the, the performance that people were saying, yeah, like, holy yeah. cow, there's, you know, this is uh, monumental for yeah. a gay community. So I'm actually surprised that they nominated him for this role because it was so blatantly gay. During that time, mm. it's just fun. That's interesting, but yeah, people looking back at it though, still like as like like the actors that you're listing off though, is in the same way that like people looked at Brando who didn't die suddenly, but like people look back at like Streetcar Named Desire and On the Waterfront, and The Wild One, and they're like those are great performances that changed the course of cinema in terms of performance, and so I think something like this definitely would have done the same thing, regardless. Of if mm. he died or not. So can we? I just. I, it's so interesting to me when people say stuff like that, only because I. I think it's so heavy to say that a single person can change the course of cinema. Who today can we think of that a more modern actor that has Meryl changed Street. the course of cinema? See, I don't think she's changed the course of cinema. I just think that she happens to be one of the world's greatest actors. But I don't think she's changed anything. Well, in terms of this period of time, this is like the acting style was very, very different. Mm-hmm. And when you have people like Brando and you have people like James Dean making such real performances happen, right. things that like actually strike a chord that weren't like, hey, look at me, yeah. see? I think yeah. that changed how other actors who were coming up at the time and younger, mm. like Al Pacino and stuff, and John Gazzale. And Warren Beatty, like they looked at these performances, they're like, "Oh, wait a minute! It doesn't have to be over the top. We can do this." Well, can, he introduced can, method acting. We can internalize. Yeah. It. So, who's the female that did that then? They're probably. Uh, I'm <laughs> well, sure that's. So, so, the, the times were I, so misogynistic that, like, I, but it, there had to be one. If if there was a male that changed it, 
Like, who is the first female that gave the first real performance? Uh, at the same time, Elizabeth Taylor had done um, Taylor East of Eden with, with James Dean. No, she's not. It's not Elizabeth Taylor. It's Jane, Julie Harris. Julie Harris? Oh, sorry. Giant is uh, Elizabeth Taylor, right? I think so. But I don't know. Just a question. Because the thing yeah, is, no, no, no. none I of have, us can I'd have to look it, it up. Right? Like, well, not off the top of my head, no. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, but I, like, we, when we think of like male actors that have changed it, we can like start listing off all these people. But when we think of like who are the female actors that have done this, even well, me, Meryl, I'm just I, I don't Meryl know. Meryl Streep was also when did she like? No, that 70s. was late 70s. late seventies. Would it be too late if we said that Charlize Theron and Monster did it? That's interesting. That'd be sad if that was the. But no, there's no. She, no, she did. She Meryl? did make large, large, like a, a large impact with that role. I agree. I know Stella Adler. People are saying she's a, well. She's the acting. She's teacher. an acting teacher, yeah. but she was I, an actress as well. I look at Diane Keaton. Keaton. Yes, Keaton. yes, yes. But that's yeah. the same time. But as again, Meryl like with sure, yeah, yeah, and you know, like, absolutely. But they were they Giving were very simple. Unfortunately, it took it took two decades almost for it to change for. For like women to come on the scene and have powerful roles like mm-hmm. Meryl Streep and Deer Hunter and like Diane Keaton and Annie Hall and stuff like that, but it did happen. Mm-hmm. I'm saying only from my own personal experience, from like reading about James Dean and reading about Brando and Montgomery Clift and like my own personal like inspirations of watching like Brando. Like I I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you like a, a woman from the 1950s mm-hmm. that that I that I would know of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I do I think that Meryl Streep in terms of, like, the scope of what she's done, like, has changed a lot. Yeah, I mean, but that's that's large in part, too, to, you know, choosing your roles and working with people who, who will give you that platform. You know, it's not... And that that's still... People are still fighting to have, like, a voice that is not... You know, it's only just changing now that women are getting roles. Well, we could also say, like, in, even in terms of, like, that time in men of color or even the woman in there too like women of color in films like that had no voice until later on so mm-hmm. it took a lot of time at first uh, a white male and then things happened from there I guess which is unfortunate mm-hmm. because it took a long time for things to change but it's still changing and there's still people you look at their performance and you're like wow that's not so much that it changes cinema but it changes the way that we look at acting sometimes too uh, I mean mm-hmm. uh, funny enough I stumbled across an article right now that said talking about female actors and method acting and that you don't hear a lot about them. Right. But Hilary Swank in Boys Don't Cry is one that you mm. mentioned here. As still well. way late. That's, yeah, but, yeah. Guys, these are actors that are still leading so films yeah, that so are in the theater, let's right? Let's like, Diane Keaton and Meryl Streep. I yeah. like that. All right. That's, it's a bit late. I, I'm, I'm, I'd like to do some further research and just yeah. think about that Just, more. just something to think on. I'd, Charlize I'd, Theron they mentioned here as well. Yeah. I mean, also the woman... So you're so proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> as the least film person in the room for me to come up with that I know I mean you came up with some two real big and the OC it's yeah. just like the OC thing like is big, that's huge guys yeah. just find them out yeah well thanks guys thank that you great thanks for having thanks us yeah. thanks for joining us for Rebel Without a Cause if you like the show subscribe to the podcast spread the word about it you can find me on Twitter at Lalon Jeremy and please join our Facebook group uh, Black Hole Films Feel free to suggest any films you think we should cover and any generic questions you want us to ask. Or, you know, specific ones are cool, too. Until next time, go watch something you've never seen. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.